We would like to acknowledge that this podcast has been recorded on traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and we'd like to pay our respects to Elders past and present. Hello, I'm Joanna. And I'm Zara. And this is I Used to Play Piano, the podcast for people who love listening to music, love playing music, and just love being around it. That's right. And we are back after a somewhat lengthy self-imposed hiatus. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry if you missed us too much. We're back now. You can calm down. That's right. Yeah. Take it easy. We're back. We're back. (laughs) So what have you been doing in your break, Joanna? Uh, I've just been busy working. we have had a number of productions on at Victorian Opera. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, I'm the education officer at Victorian Opera. Sorry. And um, we we had Pelias and Melisande, which is the only opera that Claude Debussy ever wrote. Oh, is that um, a Debussy? Yes, it is. Ah. It's very stunning. Um, it's a symbolist play. And um, Debussy actually changed the way that music was written um, for opera with this opera. So he changed the tradition of French opera. So basically, he pretty much threw out all the old rules that had come before um, before him and started to incorporate um, tone, tonality that, you know, sort of like the Phrygian and all that sort of stuff, yeah, right. and those sorts of chords, and 12-tone scales and that sort of stuff. And he, yeah, it's just a really luscious, beautiful score, and the play is really... It's really dark. It really is quite dark. It really questions um, morality and what people are willing to do or what they're willing not to do. That's really cool. Yeah. I saw a lot of um, a buzz about it on social media, though. I hear it went really, really well. It did. It went really well. We had a fantastic cast. Um, Siobhan Stagg is like a fantastic singer. She's, She's amazing, isn't voice she? voice of gold, yeah. seriously. <laughs> um, Angus Wood, who is an awesome guy and a seriously cool singer. And um, Samson, Samson, sorry, Samuel Dundas. <laughs> I don't know if you'll ever listen, but I'm sorry, Sam. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and they're all just really, really cool people and just really got into it. Um, it was just lots and lots of fun to be part of. That's great. Um, and then we recently just finished up our 2018 season with Lorelei, which was a new work that was just composed. Uh, so the concept was um, Ali McGregor, who is an Australian singer and – uh, I guess actor as well. Yeah, I'm not sure what she does. She's an amazing voice. Uh, she came up with this idea. She used to study myths and folklore at uni, and she always noticed that the woman always came up to a was you know, it just sort of seemed weird that the woman was to blame for men's. Yes, there seems to be a, a recurring theme in history. I don't know if you've seen the um the Netflix special of Hannah Gadsby's. Nanette, no, her I final, oh yes, her I final have. comedy stand-up, yes, where yes. she t- does this massive breakdown of Picasso, which is awesome. Yeah, and that was a just, really full-on. It was full-on, but so good. If you haven't watched it, highly definitely, recommend it. Definitely recommend. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So Lorelai is basically. I don't know if you're familiar with the myth of the Lorelai. No. Okay. Tell me about it. So Lorelai is. Um, she was a beautiful woman, and there's a few different variations of the myth, but she was a beautiful woman, and she. Um, was cheated on by her husband and then she was so sad and men because she was so so beautiful started um, coming around uh, like started trying to woo her and she was causing a lot of trouble in the town and so the bishop was like you're too beautiful to punish to death so I'm going to sentence you to you're going to have to become a nun and go off to a nunnery because men couldn't keep it in their mm, pants basically Bloody hell. anyway on the way to the nunnery she was she was being escorted by three knights and she asked them if she could just stop as they were passing this rock along the river Rhine to look out on the town. And then um, sort of she's looking and then she thinks she sees her beloved and so she sort of wants to go to him and she jumps off the rock or she slips and falls or something. No one really knows how she dies. It's a myth, so it is it's not, a myth. A, not an unsolved crime. <laughs> but after this, she becomes um, – a siren, so she sits atop the sock, the the rock, and any boat that passes that particular corner of the Rhine, 
get so transfixed by her song and her beauty that they crash the rocks. Yeah. So this production basically debunks that myth. Oh, sorry. And is this an actual the, – the rocks in the Rhine, is that an actual place? It is, yeah, but right. it's known to be very hard to navigate yep. because of all the rocks. So it's like you a know. myth that's come out of an yeah. actual yeah. place where people have been crashing boats and That's stuff. right, yeah. yeah. So this production was basically to, to debunk that myth. And so they decide there are three Lorelei, each with a different sort of – each represent a different variation of the myth – and then the audience plays the role of the boat. And so they're coming up to this corner, the sirens, the Lorelei are about to sing their song, and then they decide, actually, maybe it's today, we won't. We just want to see what happens. Like, it should, you know, it should just pass by. They were feeling guilty for all these lives they had, clo- like, the cause, the death of the, sorry, all these lives lost that they had caused. Yeah. And then, so they decide not to, and then the boat crashes anyway. So they question their role or what they've been led to believe what their role is yes and it's just really really well done the fa- the um set and costume design was just phenomenal some really extravagant dresses based on couture fashion oh man that is the purpose of it was to sort of restrict their movement and, yeah you know, yeah really play up their beauty and then as they sort of start to rebel, I guess, against their role, they take parts of their dresses off so they all break down and realise how froggy they are. And then one of them tries to escape the set but realises that she can't and it's just basically a box so they're trapped there forever. Wow. And then at the end someone comes to they, – they all get redressed basically by the stagehands oh. and as they're singing about this is just sort of their fave and that's, yeah. that's it. It's really, really interesting. Makes um, makes everyone sort of really think about this inequality within society. It's really cool to see this being addressed in this kind of art form as well, because it's yeah. really, really relevant to the current kind of Me Too movements, and yeah. you know, even what's going on in Ireland at the moment with women um, sharing their lingerie online because someone's been acquitted of rape because of what. Yeah girl was wearing underneath their clothes like all this kind of you know it's very very topical and it's really nice to see an art form that is so traditionally been male dominated and made for the male gaze as well you know the typical heroines who their lives are completely controlled by the men the male characters in the story yeah it's really nice to see this emergence of opera for from a feminist perspective yeah. and from the female's perspective and questioning those traditional myths. Like it's such a great idea to take that original yeah. myth and question it and be like, why are women taking the blame for these yeah. things? Yeah. It's and it was lots of fun. It wasn't your traditional opera. It was sort of more of an opera cabaret. Yeah. So there was a bit of Latin and pop and sort of cinematic music and, you know, it was really, really cool and lots of fun and the girls were really amazing in it. Fantastic. I'm yeah. so sad I didn't get to see it. Yes. Shame on you. That's all right. Hopefully if they uh, bring it out again, yes. you'll, um, I recommend everyone Yeah, can I request that? Even though I slightly gave away, but it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I can can I request as well, I can't remember the name of it now, but the, the Sati opera that we talked about in, I think it was episode three, you seem to have connections to Vic Opera. Well, obviously you do. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get that one on too. <laughs> yeah, I'll put it to um, the team and see what yeah. they say. <laughs> but absolutely, I'd love to see a repeat performance of this. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. well worth it. If yeah. they do ever go, I recommend anyone listening to really take the opportunity. Yes, that's the um, the downfalls of being in a study void for yes, I know. three or four months. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much what I've been busy um, with at work, just trying to get our... Um, education program for next year up and running so we've got alice through the opera glass with the four workshops live streamed in the weeks leading up to it so for all those teachers out there if you're got primary school students and you're looking for a program sorry a little bit of a personal plug here but if you're looking for a program um that your students can learn about opera this is a great a great great program that i'm very passionate about um, we do four workshops that are all live streamed into your classroom that teach you all about opera and opera production and then students get to go into the theatre theatre to watch the performance of it. So they have a really good understanding of what's happening um, as they've gone through everything in the, in the workshops. Such a great opportunity and if, even if you're not a teacher, if you're a um, student or if you've got young kids who might be interested, get onto the schools because it's one of those things that 
unless you know about it, you don't get the opportunities and it's such a great initiative. So yeah. well done, Joanna. Oh, thanks. It's amazing. <laughs> I can't take credit for the idea, but I do love working on it. So it's good fun. I wish I could say I've been doing as exciting adventures as I'm you sure have over the last couple of months. Not so much. It's involved a lot of computers and typing and planning <laughs> and things like that. Didn't think of a long goal. How's your PhD going? It's going well. We've kind of it um in entering the next phase of it, about mm-hmm. to start some data collection, which is very exciting. Nice. So going out to work with people now, yep. which is, you know, the thing that I'm the most interested in. So that's going really, really well. Did you get as many people involved as you needed? Not as many as we hoped, but that has kind of led to the evolution of a next phase of the project, which I can't talk too much about yet. But basically it's kind of been you know, even if it's not what we originally wanted, it's a really important learning experience as well, talking about how accessible research is for people who are living with dementia and Mm. people who are caring for a loved one who has dementia and what are the barriers to participating in research. So we're looking at now moving on to start designing another phase of the study that might alleviate some of those barriers. So it's been a really, really valuable experience. And for those who did join the choirs that that we've set up for the project, um, they've been really really enjoying it the feedback's been really positive which is great because singing such a beautiful thing and just encourage everyone to get out and do it every now it and then really so really 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 good for your mood if nothing yeah. else yeah it really is I, re- I think I probably have mentioned this before but I remember when I was writing my thesis last year and I was doing a little re- bit of research and I interviewed some people from Finland that's right yeah and one of them mentioned how she was doing research in schools about the effect of music and what it, and how young children felt about it and one of the I think it was a grade four student or grade three she said that she liked singing because if she had a fight with her friend at recess she felt better afterwards it just sort of helped her deal with the emotional that's amazing and that. an insight coming from such a young person I know as well. yeah yeah so yeah it's really really cool um, it's fantastic yeah so have you done anything I know you've been really busy with your PhD but did you get out to see anything I did yeah I um well it has been a long time since we re- last recorded <laughs> and actually I have to issue a bit of an apology as well at the moment um because when we recorded the last episode it was probably end of July wasn't it I think it it's was right in the middle of winter and but we didn't release it for a week or so while we were editing it and in that time frame I went to see a very important gig and I did as a result because our episode was recorded prior to that I didn't talk about it but when it was released I had a number of um, angry text messages from a couple of my friends who knew I went to this gig saying how dare you not talk about this you think because it's not classical music it's not worth talking about no I thought oh no so apologies to those people you know who you are um what was the gig it was Celine Dion oh how amazing it was probably one of the best gigs that I've been to in a long time which you know that I I'm known I guess as a bit of a classical nerd and also as a bit of a metalhead so that's (laughs) a bit of an unusual mix but I have such a soft spot for Celine Dion the first ever CD that I bought was the Titanic soundtrack oh wow when I was a kid so huge soft spot where was that that was at Rod Laver so big big gig and we actually were very lucky um my friend booked tickets for us and it was we thought they were side view, restricted view. And when we got there, it was t- it would have been restricted view had it been probably any other artist. But yeah. because Celine doesn't have a lot of dancers, she doesn't have a lot of flashy things. She's just got her, she's got, you know, really nice ensemble playing, yeah. you know, a small string ensemble, small brass ensemble plus um, backing band as well. Yeah. Um, she, it was the stage was completely clear, so we could see everything. And the we were in row F, so we thought that's what for five rows back. We thought, oh, that's not going to be, you know, we're not super close. But because of where it was, it that row F actually cuts off. So it was almost like we were in a, um, what do you call it, the Juliet boxes in the theatre. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was almost like that. And she kept coming up to our side of the stage because she moves around a lot because yeah. it's just her. And she um, kept, she could see us. She was waving at us. We've got. Uh, my friend took some really great videos of her like waving at us and making faces because she was so close to her. Wow. It was just, and she's just incredible. Like her voice is so beautiful and powerful and, you know, she's been doing this for a long time but she's maintained it. You know, I know a lot of um, singers as they get older, they, they rest on, back, on backing singers a lot more yeah. but not her. She's incredible. That's so cool. Yeah. That would have been quite the concert. Oh, was, I cried the whole time. It was really cool. <laughs> and awesome. the really cool thing as well was that because of where we were sitting, we could see her um, 
what do you call them? The screens that they have the lyrics on and mm-hmm. stuff because obviously like you're singing a massive concert. She's the schedule, you know, she chances are I can't remember the words to anything. Yeah. And it's my job to do that. So I don't know how <laughs> she does that. So she has like a, a little teleprompter kind of thing. Yeah. And it also had her anecdotes that she was going to tell. And at first I was going, oh God, she has to have a teleprompter for her own anecdotes. Yeah. But she went off script so much and it was really great to see. And you could see them, whoever was operating them, trying to like scroll up and down to work out where she was. <laughs> <laughs> it was really cool. It was like, you know, just another thing that added a layer of interest to that concert. Yeah. It, was, it was really great to see. So That's cool. Um, yeah, so that was a a really cool thing. Um, I also went to see Cher as well in that oh, time. Oh, wow. Who was also really interesting. Um, probably not as – she didn't talk as much. And Cher is known for her – like she had a talk show. So, yeah, you right. know, she's known for talking and she making she had a talk show. Oh, she, yeah, her and Sunny had the Sunny and Cher show. And then oh, after right. they broke up, it was the Cher show and things like oh. that. So, and she only did a little bit of banter. Them. And I thought, you know, she's so funny. I would have loved to have heard more, but um, just a fun concert as well. Um, what else did I do? Oh, I have to make a shout out to my good friend, um, Emily. She and I, um, we used to work together and she, we get up to a lot of, rubbish at work a little bit <laughs> <laughs> we um we recorded a it was actually a really fun thing to do um recorded her singing and dan helped me to remix it into this real kind of like punky thing oh, i don't know if we can play it on so the cool. podcast but um anyway my new favorite band please shout out to little baby Eage and the tiny pigeons <laughs> is the name of the That's band so cool. um all girl punk electro band yeah. um maybe we'll put it online i don't know I'll have to talk be to cool. <laughs> but yeah can. she's a legend so shout out to em i miss you a lot she just moved to brisbane so oh damn yeah lame <laughs> brisbane yeah. it's too humid up there for me yeah. <laughs> um but yeah shout out my absolute new favorite band and the other one I really wanted to talk about that I got up to this month, um, courtesy of Dan's parents, actually, that was our Christmas present, I think, oh, nice. or something. Um, they got us tickets to go to the MSO doing the planets. Oh, yes. And I'm actually um, really disappointed in myself because I've forgotten what the other thing that they did. And I have a feeling it was the premiere of Carl Vine's new work. Oh, wow. But I forgot all about it because it was actually quite a while ago Good now. see if... Uh... Um, while you're looking that up, they'll talk a bit about the host because the planets is one of my favorite pieces. I know it's really cliche and stuff, but it's a favorite because when I was a kid, I used to have these books. I can't remember what they were called, but they came, it was like a, um, a really kind of big picture book with the story of the classical music. So they had a Pierre Gintz one, they had a Peter and the Wolf one, and then they had the planets. And then it would have, you'd have the cassette tape that you'd put in. Remember cassette tapes? Yes. And it'd have the the orchestral recording and then a bit of narration. And then you'd read the book as you were doing it. Yeah, so you'd right. see all these beautiful pictures related to that. Oh. And so that's my childhood memory of it. And then when I was in first and second-ish year uni, um, straight out of high school, I played trumpet in the Monash Philharmonic Orchestra. Did you? Yeah, with the good old Phil. <laughs> and I we did um the planets. Oh, we did, I think we only did Jupiter. Right. But I don't know if you've, as a horn player yourself, have you ever played it? Or no, I haven't. It's, oh, it's so much fun. It but it's be. a really full-on horn section in it. Mm. It's one of those – because playing trumpet in an orchestra, especially when you're doing more classical repertoire, you tend to have a lot of rests. Yeah. It's kind of like the further back in the orchestra you sit, the more rests you get. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the host is not like that at all. The planets isn't. Um, Jupiter is so much trumpet and there's four separate trumpet parts. Um, and so I was kind of the – <laughs> the runt of the pack a bit and I played trumpet <laughs> four because I was pretty pretty bad at that point I was the, the, the new the newbie but then um we did a battle of the bands or something yeah where um we performed Jupiter but it was an event where the two of the trumpet players couldn't turn up yeah so it was myself the guy who was really awesome and he played first trumpet and then me and like we can't miss out on these parts but the way it's written is that normally trumpet one and two alternate and trumpet so one and three play at the same time yeah, or, two or kind four. of and two and four. Yeah. So we kind of amalgamated the two parts and I ended up having to play a mix of part two and part four, yeah. which is really fun. And I don't think I've ever been as chopped in my <laughs> life as that because we also played um, Ride of the Valkyries too in yeah. that concert. Oh, and God. It was, yeah, it was crazy. What a, what but so the planets is one of my favorite and I have a tattoo. Have you seen my tattoo of the planets? No. I'm going to show you. It's a trumpet. I'll put so this on the Instagram. Now. Oh, that is so Isn't cool. cool? When did you get that? Uh, a couple you have a tattoo. I don't know about this. We'll put, we'll put a um an Instagram post of my leg of tattoos. But this trumpet one is it's 
attribute really to the planet. Cool. So it's a big trumpet surrounded by all these different planets. When did she get that one done? That was done by a tattoo artist called Amy Unaloom in Paran, actually. Right. And it's a, that's my only one that's a stick and poke tattoo, which uh. normally a stick and poke is kind of what you know teenagers do to each other they kind of make them up and they're really crappy but she does really beautiful ones does it hurt no actually stick and poke is the least painful kind of tattoo Mm. you can get like i actually fell asleep during it and she not like she was awesome we were chatting the whole time but it was a good does take a bit longer than a regular tattoo so at one point i think i dozed off and she was like hello (laughs) but yeah it was oh yeah it's really cool post a photo on instagram that's cool um but yeah so we went to see the whole the mso doing the whole planets and it was incredible yeah it's such a beautiful piece but at the very end do you are you familiar with the the piece or the work vaguely yeah i have some some familiarity with it the very final one neptune is where they have an off-stage choral chorus come mm-hmm. in at the very very it's the very last part of the entire um is it a suite i don't know what the correct term is but they um it's an off-stage choir and they sing this really disconcerting um, chromatic-y sounding choral part that kind of just yes, fades out and it. they walk yeah, away yeah, yeah. and we were sitting up the top um, the very top of the Hamer Hall and the choir was just in the door where we knew oh, where we wow. were sitting so they kind of came out at the end and they just slightly opened the door and we could see them from where we were but if you're downstairs you'd have no idea where it was coming from and the sound was just incredible it was so eerie and it just faded away and they they keep singing as they walk away as well it was just Whoa, that's so cool the most amazing so well done mso it was yeah one of the best things i've seen them do it was really beautiful if you want to know what the other piece was oh yeah yeah it was a vine it was well the done. vine world premiere yeah symphony number eight composed in residence and world premiere oh that's right and i think it had um a theme of music and the, the mind or neurology or something he was talking mm. a lot about synapses in the program notes i'll I should bring it for next time. Yeah. Or when Dan comes on the show, eventually he can talk about it because he loves Carl Vine. <laughs> Not that I don't love Carl Vine, but he can, he can, that's his project. Dan, if you, when you're editing this, make a note, put that in your diary. Yes, you're coming on the show. <laughs> eventually. Um, I will tell you the recipe to my pizza if you come on the show. <laughs> Family secret. There you go. This is just for you, Dan. <laughs> we can edit this bit out. That's cool. So that sounds like you did... Quite a bit. Yeah. So in between not recording podcast episodes, I managed to get <laughs> an in between being strapped to my computer and chained to my desk, madly typing for PhD work. I did manage to get out and Good job. see some pretty cool concerts and make a bit of music in the process. So that's great yeah. effort. I'm so proud. Cool. So yeah. what are we going to talk about today, Ioana? Can I talk about what I did? Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I've ranted for ages. Go. Well, I'll go your through it really How quickly. was your... Four to six months in music. <laughs> I've forgotten how long it wasn't we have that long. <laughs> um, yeah, it was good. Look, I I saw a few things. I'll just go through them quickly. Um, I actually went and saw Queens of the Stone Age. Which oh, cool! Was so cool. I'd never seen them live before, but I love them. I've always listened to their music. So much fun. And yeah, that was really, really. That was a really good concert. We were sort of got tickets in the seated part that was at Margaret Court. Right. And, um, but me and a friend, we were like, we want to dance. So we went at the back, um, a bit where there were empty seats and just had a good dance for. That's good. It's always weird when you're in a, a rock concert where. Yeah. And you, you can't, know, something you just want to sort of groove and, like, and right. you just, oh uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. No, it was really fun. It was really, really, really lots of fun. Um, I don't often get out to rock concerts. I don't think I've seen more than. Well, say, this is quite off brand for both of us I today, know. isn't it? Oh, you do a lot more than that. But <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> yeah, but no, it was really, really good. And if they came to Melbourne again, I would definitely go and see them. Cool. Um, and then from I think, I can't remember if it was before or after. Uh, it would have been after I went and saw um, the Australian Chamber Orchestra um, do a, um, a concert. Actually, I saw two of them. So the first one was Ilya Gringolt's um, play. He was directing it and he was a soloist. Beautiful. He is a bloody brilliant violinist. So good. He actually learnt off Itzhak Perlman, wow. for those of you who know who that is. It's like three degrees of separation. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. just going to put it out there. Listen to – maybe we'll share this online. Yeah. We, we always say that we do, but we will, but we never do. We will. But, we will this time, we promise. <laughs> but if you get – if you have a spare 15 minutes, go onto YouTube and try and find his recording of a Bach partita for violin, the um, J.S. Bach. It's just so good. And you'll probably know the – um, what's it called? The 
Shakon. Ah, uh, yes. That's yeah, very, That's course. part of that one. Yeah. But he's, I've never heard anyone play it as well as that. Beautiful. That's Yeah, let's like post that. We'll post that on the Facebook. We'll post that. Yeah. But um, Gringotts, Ilya Gringotts, sort of reminds me of Harry Potter. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Gringotts, Gringotts. Um, he played, so he led the group uh, with um, Carl Philip Emmanuel Bach's um, String Symphony in C Major. And then he took the stage and played Paganini's Violin Concerto Number no. 1 in E flat major, the very fi- famous Paganini concerto and then um then they did the i think it was vivaldi concerto for violin and then something by brahms it was um oops sorry just looking it up it was the oh no sorry it wasn't brahms it was the bach talk divertimento oh nice which was really really fun yeah it was really cool it was a really good concert actually um everything was really um really they played it really well I love watching the small ensemble groups because I just love watching the how tight they can be and they're playing and just it's always it's really fun playing in ensembles, especially and small ensembles. I love when you can see that they're having fun with things yeah. too, and I feel like you see the communication in the ACA yeah. really well too. There's a different yeah. There's a different sort of energy there. Um, so that was that, and then last week I went and saw Excelsis, which is a Catholic choir led by my good friend Don Buchanan. Nice. Um, he founded it a couple five years ago. Oh, actually. I know Tom. Hi, yeah. Tom. You do know Tom. <laughs> uh, it was their fifth year anniversary, and they organised a very special concert at the Melbourne Recital Centre. Um, that was um, what was it called? It was African from African chant to gospel. Right. Uh, yeah. So they featured a number of African works um, by a number of various, um, both sort of traditional and um, composers and sort of modern day composers who went over to do work in Africa to sort of. Um, study the tradition yeah right and then brought over and added some modern elements which was really cool as well um and they had some guest artists they had valanga and andrea Koza and oliver mann who is an opera singer bass baritone singer right um and a few other people i can't remember off the top of my head but that was a really good concert it was really just different yeah i wasn't expecting to go and see something like that and it was just really nice um, the choir is really good. They do lots of tours. They've toured to the Philippines a few times and wow. I believe they're going back there in January. Nice. I've actually played in a concert with them. Oh, cool. So Tom organized a um, sort of, uh, what was it, the Stab- Carl Jenkins Stabat Mater in 2017 and he sort of put together a orchestra to accompany them, an orchestra, and I was part of it. I was playing trumpet. And it was lots of fun. It was really, really lots of fun. That's and the great. Carl Jenkins Stab at Marta is a great work. You should you should have a listen to it. Yeah, I haven't heard it. I'll have to um check Dude, it out. It's really, yeah. really good. And then yeah, on Monday of this week I went and saw the Australian Chamber Orchestra again. Um it was a Richard Tonietti playing the Beethoven violin concerto in D major, which was really nice. nice. And Beethoven Symphony number no. five. Dun 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 The popular one. The one that everyone popular knows. one. <laughs> Uh, fate knocking at your door uh yeah so that was my month well a couple months in music right <laughs> yeah yeah so let's move on uh we zara you did a li- uh you've been doing rewire uh, rewire concerts yeah yeah so i um and we've talked a bit about rewire on the podcast before but basically rewire are an organization that are raising money and presenting programs for all things research programs projects related to music in the brain. Yeah. So they're really passionate about increasing music education, increasing um, programs for people with different um, neurological conditions as well yeah. where music might be used to help. So one of the things they support recently, I can announce, is that they're coming on board to support my choir for people who have Yay. a diagnosis of dementia That's and really their cool. family members and friends, which is really exciting to announce that we've partnered with them. Yeah. Officially. Yeah. It's been in the works for a little while. Very exciting. Yeah. And one of the things that I've been doing for Rewire is organizing student performances in various locations, such as retirement villages. Yeah. And the reason we've been doing that is because um, villages have been expressing a need for more music in them. And and most retirement villages have a decent piano that never gets used or that maybe gets used once every month or so, but not not nearly enough. Yeah. Um, And from from what we've been doing the students have said how much they've enjoyed going along to to programs where the um the the listeners have been um really just excited to hear them play because yeah. you know when you're when you're a kid learning often the only time you get to play is if 
your parents say play for uncle whatever or yeah. or um, At the Christmas lunch yeah family Christmas go, go play go play go play a fat piece you learn um, or <laughs> brings back memories yeah. <laughs> or um, when you're doing an exam which yeah. is terrifying I think yeah. we talked a lot about we this have before. talked a bit about that so the I did the whole purpose of rewire is to kind of give them a chance to perform for a really appreciative audience yeah and to kind of get those different community groups mixing because how often do young people get to go in and how often do people living in villages get to go out and meet with young people as well and it's just a really nice way of fostering this new kind of community and yep. this new purpose of different way of using music you know yeah. it's, re- it's just been a really joyful experience so the one of the villages that we've been doing this program in requested us to do something a bit more extravagant for they had a, a a community gardening festival, I think it was. I can't nice. remember what they called it, but um, they they wanted to have a bit of a, a big special event. So they asked Rewire to provide some musicians and I said, well, who can we get? So we got Dan, of course. One of our soundmen. <laughs> our soundmen and Nick, yeah, our other soundmen. <laughs> and um, Rewire's principal pianist, who's Nancy Zoe, who we'll be talking to in an upcoming episode and she's just amazing as well. Wow, that's so cool. So the three of them did about 15 minutes each of performances and it was really eclectic um dan will actually um in a few minutes we'll hear from him because he performed a few different pieces which were really interesting Mm. um nancy did some piazzola and nick did his first ever solo jazz performance on piano congratulations nick yeah that's awesome he's been doing a lot of jazz stuff recently in ensembles and stuff but this was his first he said it was his first kind of solo piano gig and it was amazing like everyone kind of started singing along he did um he did a, co- a bunch of old classics, which once we figure out how copyright, copyright works, we'll hopefully play them on this podcast because we recorded the whole event, um, yeah. which was just really exciting to do too yeah. and just made it that little bit more prestigious for everyone as well. Um, and it was just great to see everyone kind of – Nick did a really cute thing where he was like, all right, now you got to guess which one this is and then he'd start playing <laughs> and he does this amazing like jazz intro and then halfway through – the melody kicks in and everyone's like, oh, it's this, and they start singing. It was, just, it was really, really cool. That would have been such yeah, it was, a nice It was event. so much fun. So, oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, it was great. And um, they also asked the guys to judge the – they have a scarecrow-making competition, <laughs> which some of which were, um, I want to say, somewhat politically incorrect <laughs> or maybe not politically incorrect is not the right term because they, they weren't racist or anything, but maybe just a little bit. Um, risque for, for a retirement village. <laughs> Very hilarious. saucy looking scarecrow. Oh, do you have any pictures that you can share? We do actually. Yeah. That would be really cool. We share them um, on our Facebook page and on the Rewire site as well. Yeah, maybe you can really, um, really just great. shoot up a link or something yeah, to the absolutely. Rewire page. They were really, really funny. Um, and so they got to judge that as well, which was not something they expected going into the performance. Oh, that would have been, I would have paid money just to see them judging that. It was very, it was hard. And I think like they were quite competitive as well, <laughs> you know the the people who made them. Yeah, I think it was quite a prestigious um, event. So that's awesome. That was what we did, um, which was just such a great event. Again, just to have some really, you know, Dan, Nick, and Nancy are such fantastic pianists, yeah. and to give up their time to donate for Rewire because we did use it as a bit of a fundraising event as well. Yeah, um, and to kind of give up their time both to help us fundraise and also just to share their music with people who really appreciated it. It was such a lovely yeah. thing to do. Well, that's so good. Yeah. So we're going to play you um, a recording of Dan playing um, the dances, the Argentine dances by um, Alberto Ginastera. Ginastera? Is that how you pronounce it? Maybe someone can yeah. let us know. Let us know. We did try and look it up, but. It's spelled Ginastera, but I'm pretty sure that's I'm pretty right. sure it's Ginastera, yeah. That's um, right. Who was, he's considered one of the leading Latin American composers of the 20th century. That's right. So I believe there are three three movements to this work. Yes. Three dances. The first is the dance of the old herdsman. The second herdsman, sorry. The second is the dance of the beautiful maiden. And the third is the dance of the outlaw cowboy. <laughs> I love this very descriptive. <laughs> we should mix up the order and see if yes, you guys can guess, can guess which one. <laughs> We're not going to do that. One really interesting um, little thing about this when I was doing a bit of research uh, is that in the first dance, the dance of the old herdsman, it's sort of bitonal because the left hand plays only black notes while the right hand plays only white notes. So that see if you can pick that when you're listening to it. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's just oh, some people are just so amazing. And this is a really technically demanding piece as well. Yeah. Yeah. So basically the the right hand, which is playing the white notes, is C major. 
and the left hand is essentially D flat major, which would be C harp major. Yeah, so just a semitone apart. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And Actually, that reminds me last night. Maybe that's where he's got it from. I was trying to play um, – I can't remember what I was playing. We were sight reading – that's right. We were sight reading the Brahms. Um, we ha- I have a book of Brahms duets. We were sight reading the Hungarian. Yeah, right. Dances. You know, dun, 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 dun. And he started playing it a semitone higher than me. <laughs> oh, what? I, I'm not good at sight reading at the best of times, but not when you're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Very distracting. What anyway. a brain trick. Yeah. Shall we have a listen? Yeah, let's have a listen. Let's do it. This is, so this is Dan Liston playing Alberto Ginastera's Argentine Dances. Enjoy.
was so good. Oh my god, it makes me tired just listening to it. it makes you want to play it. You don't have to get it. Really <laughs> it makes yeah. me too scared to play. Oh, no, <laughs> it sounds really fun. It sounds like a, like uh, a really fun piece to play. Yeah, it looks like one of those ones that you just feel good in your fingers after playing it. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Feeling. Yes, yeah. it's the best feeling. It's funny because Dan, I did ask him to come and talk, but he didn't want to give up his Saturday morning, which is fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but he did say that this was a piece that he performed, I think, when he was in year 12. Yeah, right. He, I think he got the top score in VC or of something course. like that, you know, because he's a little genius. And he, um, <laughs> We would expect no less of yeah, No, no, no. <laughs> but he was kind of saying how when the other week or a few months ago before we did this, how he was lamenting how little he plays recently now yeah. that he's graduated from yeah. a degree in classical music. I think music we can all and, share that. Yeah. Well, that was the whole the point reason of this of podcast. This podcast yeah. yes. <laughs> but he was saying that um, he kind of just wanted to get back to where he was and being like, I did this in year 12. Of course I can do it again. Yeah. And, you know, he learned that. He prepared for that really, really quickly as well. Yeah. Like he, it was amazing to see how quickly he, he managed to pull that together for a performance. So yeah. it was so cool. And It's really yeah. funny, actually, that whole idea of something that you've played and you've known, and it just stays there. Like I had a similar experience yeah. re- very recently. So our, our my trio, Oka Trio, has recently reformed. Fantastic. Woo-hoo. Yay. And we had a first rehearsal two weeks ago, and we were just playing through some of our old music. And some of it, at one stage, we were playing the Miriam Hyde Trio, and the third movement is a little bit tricky. No, we weren't, sorry. We, were pl- we did play that one, but the one I want to talk about is the Vals Volante by Helen Stawasa. Yeah. And there's a, a few little bits in that that's just a bit of a rundown that's, you know, yeah. I took, it took me a little while to sort of get under my fingers. But playing that for the first time there after two years, it was just like I could feel my fingers, the muscles in my hands wanting to take over because I knew they it. They still remember. And resistance from my brain just going, oh, I don't know. Yeah. It was, just, it so was such a weird it? sensation. Well, it's funny because I remember speaking of year 12 pieces when I did VC music, um, which is the kind of year 12 thing in victoria yeah um i did the mozart d minor fantasia mm-hmm. um which is such a you know it's a really yeah, it's fun a great little mozart piece yeah and it's got these these beautiful big runs and i keep playing them like every time i um like often if i if i go into a store you know in the piano shop and like you that's have a your little thing player, and that's what i play it's your go-to and i was saying this <laughs> to a student a couple of weeks ago who was trying to learn this big run and i was like it's hard at the time but yeah. once you get that like it that's it really stays with you. since I first learned that. And it's still, yeah. you know, it's still with me. I still just love playing that. And every yeah. now again, like, you know, if I play the piece, if I go through and read it, I can still play those runs. Yeah. Which is, you know, if you were sight reading it, you probably, unless you're Dan, probably you wouldn't be yeah. able to do it. <laughs> so it's one of those things that I'm just so grateful for, that muscle memory and that. Yeah, it's yeah. such an interesting thing. It's a hard one to do though because I don't know if you found this, but often – and I'm, I'd love to hear what listeners think as well. When you have previously learnt something to such a high standard mm. and then you haven't played for a little while and you come back and then you can't instantly, the opposite kind of, you can't instantly play it well. Yeah. And then you just give up because you're like, oh, this is too hard. Or I, I, it's that kind of initial, I can't do this. I don't sound as good as I used to, so why bother kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And it's such a defeating thing because you forget how much effort you had to put in the first time to get to that level yeah and you kind of go back and you're almost like why can't I do this uh stop it you know and I just think if you can hold on and get through that initial like you know need to relearn it properly and you just kind of sit down and pretend it's a new piece then all of a sudden it comes back eventually yeah you can can play it but you just need that little bit of a push and it's such a that's I think that's one of the main things or the main reasons for me at least why I don't play as much as I yeah. want to is because I I sit there and I'm like oh I used to be able to do this and now yeah. I can't you know, yeah you know, I know yeah it's one of those things you just as you said you just get got to get through that first little bit yeah that comes back to you but it comes and goes it's all and coming back to me all coming back all coming back <laughs> Selena all over again <laughs> that's fine yeah um, I went there <laughs> Cool. So thank you so much, Dan, for that. Yeah, uh, thank you. And thank you for letting us record and, and use this as yeah. well. We do have a nice little stockpile now of some recordings so we can get these episodes out a bit quicker to you. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> we're, um, we're getting our shit together. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. As long as you enjoy them when they do come, it's like a little surprise yeah. every now and then. Surprise podcast. Keep you on your toes. Never know when it's going to come. <laughs> <laughs> so time for our last segment, which I know you all love uh it's the segment we all love and cherish it's, it's scale of a uh, week week month 
months. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I forgot we had that official theme tune. <laughs> We're going to go scale up the month. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping one of us would sing that and the other would sing the other. That's well, that's okay. very genestera, genestera, isn't genestera. it? To do that's right. one or the other. So, speaking of which, yes. you are, because I am not doing this, you have volunteered very kindly to attempt to scale in this Ginastera style, black note, white note style. Yes. So, what are you going to be playing? So, my right hand is going to be doing the C major. Yep. And my left hand is going to be doing D flat major or huh. C sharp major. Sure. So, I'm going to just put the bike down and walk over to the piano. Sure. That was beautiful. It's <laughs> uh, very much out of tune. <laughs> I know. Yeah, if anyone has good recommendations for piano tuners, I'm in need of a new tuner, so please get in touch. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's just about all we have time for. Do you have anything you want to plug for upcoming gigs or anything? No, I don't actually. I do. I have two two gigs coming up that do I would it. like to plug. So one is my beautiful choir. We're doing a bit of a fundraising concert in conjunction with Rewire. Plug, yes. plug, 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 plug. Um, <laughs> on Saturday the 1st of December at Veronica Gardens, which is a retirement village in Northcote, Victoria, nice. for anyone who is down this end of the world. Um, we'd love you to come along and have a bit of a sing with us. We're doing, we've called it the take a trip around the world and a trip down memory lane. Nice. So we've been working really hard at learning songs in other languages, which has been really, oh, wow. really fun and really amazing that people who are, you know, otherwise expected to have some memory loss are able to memorize lyrics in languages that they've never yeah, even spoken before. Yeah, interesting. It's been really, yeah, really challenging. And we started with some, you know, relatively easy, like French and German kind of. Um, I don't know if you know the old Elvis song, Musi Den, and no, things like that. Um, like Elvis had a few old classic songs that had a bit of German in there. So right. that kind of stuff that people already knew. But now we've branched right out into Croatian folk songs and we've done some in Yoda Yoda language as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, actually, um, we can talk about it more in the next podcast, yeah. the next episode, but... Um, Deborah Cheatham, yes, the opera singer, yes. Um, she has produced a choral book of songs in different indigenous languages. Wow, it's amazing. Um, we, we should do an episode on it because it's, yeah. it's beautiful. Let's do it. Yeah. So that's Saturday, first of December. What time? Uh, two till five, and I'll post some details to the Eventbrite on our Facebook page as well. If anyone would like to come along, how much are tickets? Ten dollars each. Nice, and yeah. that goes towards that goes towards the funding of the choir. So it's yeah. you know we we do need funding, unfortunately. Everything um, does. Everything does. But yeah, please, um, if you want to come and come along and support support the program, that'd that's be great. fantastic. And the other one is my band. We have Musical Journeys. It's actually kind yes. of weird that we have a choir called Musical Memories and a band called Musical Journeys. <laughs> I didn't choose either of those names either. So a musical theme. <laughs> musical something. Um, so Musical Journeys will be performing at La Mama Theatre in Carlton. Ah, cool. Has um, that been rebuilt? Uh, no. So this is the courthouse. So they have two theatres. So the right. one that burnt down. Um, earlier this year I think it's in the process of being rebuilt but this is their other venue Um, they're so generous in letting us use this is we kind of do it every year around December right um they give us the venue to do a bit of a fundraising concert nice. for the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre. Oh, that's fantastic. Which is something that's very close to our hearts as well. Yeah. So that's a fundraising concert as well. Can't remember how much tickets are, but I can post the details to that on our Facebook page too. So that's Monday the 10th of December and that one sells out every year. So um, if you do want to come along to that, book tickets. But it's an amazing show. We sing again in lots of different languages, but that's because members from our group are very yeah. multicultural. We have... Um, singing uh, songs from Urdu because we have Pakistani members, wow. um, Papua New Guinea, lots of Ethiopian songs, different language groups from Ethiopia as well. So, um, yeah, it'll be really awesome and you, dancing is compulsory, so come on down to that one. <laughs> cool. That sounds great. Well, thanks for joining us again. Sorry it's been so long, but yes, I do you. hope that you managed to have a listen to this one. And please do let us know of anything that you'd like to share or would like us to feature on an episode. Absolutely. And we're more than happy to have people come along and guest on the podcast as well. We've got some really exciting guests planned for the not-too-distant future as well. Um, So if you do have anything you'd like to talk about, if something you heard on the podcast in this episode or previous episodes resonated with you in particular, um, let us know. We'd love to chat more about it. Um, You can contact us on our Facebook page, which is I Used to Play Piano podcast 
I used to play piano podcast. <laughs> you can email us at I used to play podcast at gmail.com. Yes. And find us on Instagram at I used to play piano. Beautiful. And Have don't a- forget to rate and review us as well. Yes. And subscribe on iTunes or yes. whatever podcast platformy thing you listen on. Please do. That way you'll get notifications when you we will. put a new episode up. You won't have to sit there and searching wait. for us every when, week. Refresh, refresh, refresh. <laughs> so the sunshine outside looks really nice and I think I'm going to take advantage of that now. That sounds beautiful. Enjoy the rest of your day and have a great month of music. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.